welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never, ever, ever played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas, and let's talk sports. Amateur Hour! Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 40. Five people, 45. I'm happy to be here. Shrey, I hope you're happy because we're doing this freaking thing. Yeah, this is our Jordan return to sports episode. Oh, this was like when I'm he back. came back and he was bad. I'm back. And I, I, you know, 45 didn't sit right with me. And I took that personally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's uh, also a game where he, he wore 12. You remember that? Yes. They like lost his jersey or something and then. He uh he had to wear twelve with no name on it for one game. Just I'm a always, weird. Yeah. Well, I actually just rewatched the Last Dance. Oh, you rewatched I'm trying it. to get myself. I'm trying to get myself motivated. You know, I'm just trying to like break on through. There's no better motivation than Michael Jordan himself. I mean, that man is one of the most insane people on this planet. But I think he was insane in the best way. Yeah. Like, you know. You know. It's interesting about the Last Dance because uh, I was talking recently about the the man in the arena, the Tom Brady special yes. that everyone right. keeps talk, like, like seeing, but like, I don't know how much they're really like seeing it because it's on ESPN plus. And, and I was trying to think of like the, how it, how it compared to when the last dance came out last year. And, you know, that was what I felt was like, must watch, sit down, watch live TV, like as, as good as it gets in the modern era especially in the sports right. world right whereas it just feels like this this tom brady thing right this man in the arena these episodes that come out on espn plus and you know you see all the ads on espn about it but like it, like comparatively who's really watching it arguably well, two of the greatest if, sports figures ever if you're right? not making it accessible if you're not yeah. making it accessible how how are people going to enjoy this how are people going to be on the journey right. with tom brady you know right it was on netflix and you know everybody has netflix mm. everybody has netflix mm -hmm. even if you watch other streaming services the bare minimum that everybody has even if people are like i don't like the originals yep. I, I think they should stop making originals they should bring the office back which <laughs> they should they should that's a that's a whole separate thing but they should Everybody has Netflix. And so when they put it out, they aired it live on TV so everybody could watch it. And then when they were done, they just slapped it up on Netflix. And people like me who are like, I want to go back and watch this. I want to just learn a little bit more about Michael Jordan. Bam, it's right there. Yeah. And and think about the timing, right? Comparison oh between Last Dance and The Man in the Arena. With Last Dance, it was like perfectly timed in that when they released it, there was no sports going on, right? So the huge like press buzz to have something sports were like like sports related come out. Yes. Even though all these stories are more than twenty years old, right? They've been massively put in the press at the time. But they were like retold. Yeah. But they were retold by the yeah. by the players. And they were given at a time when people were yearning for more sports because there was everything was shut down versus mm, this was pre NBA bubble. Right. I remember pre NBA that. bubble. Uh, there's no baseball, uh, obviously no football in the summer. There's right. Nothing, like, yeah. So it was nothing. So it was like the perfect timing to have this type of like docu docu series. Like I actually sat down at 
whatever, 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., turned on ESPN and watched every episode when it came, like, live. Like, that's how yes. excited I was to watch yes. The Last Dance. Versus when you talk about... Now, it's... Well, ev- I mean, everything's going on. Everything's We're in the back. middle. Everything's back, but also, Stray... <laughs> The thing that I don't understand is how are you making a, a docu-series about somebody's career when their career While is not over? I, that's the thing, too. He right? has like, more to do, man. He's got more to do. And also, on your point of, like, everything's back, yeah. we're in the middle of the football season, and we're in the middle of – we're at, like, the beginning to middle of the NBA season. Like, there is a lot of stuff. And hockey, too. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Like, this would probably be better served to air in the summer mm-hmm. where there's less stuff in, like, just baseball. For sure. So accessibility is the key with the timing in the schedule, right, is key. And then also you made a good point about his career still continuing. And we're already getting like books and stories about his Patriots era, right? Like like how many books right. have been com- coming out about Bill, about the team? There's that recent book by Seth Wickersham that uh, from, you know, former of ESPN that talks, <laughs> that talks about yeah very very uh english I, say, uh, <laughs> I know tom brady like no other <laughs> <laughs> well he's like yeah that book is about um bill and Kraft and brady and how that ended right like so like we're already getting right. a lot of stories from different people's perspectives and you know anonymous sources and stuff and now it feels like it feels more like man in the arena is like a oh like I'm, I'm gonna take back my own narrative, while it's like before, like my credibility goes down. Like which, like I no, mean, at that's this, not what it is. And and like which also like I mean, Tom, you you know what you've done. Like you know how great you are. You don't need <laughs> you don't need to like I don't know like stick it up to ever. Like I feel like there right. could be a little bit of a break with all the Brady stories and I, the I Patriot stories. We're and already, then we're living well, it, yeah. right. Yeah, we're exactly exactly we're already living it like i turn on the news i go on freaking twitter all i see is all tom brady like come on are you still doing stuff they're like he might win the mvp i don't know but i i, I agree Trey. it's kind of like a it's an overloading and like yeah yes. he might be my favorite football athlete of all time but like give it a uh, break give it a little no. give it a second and i'll tell you in 10 years this thing will like pop like hotcakes if this was out in 10 oh years oh my god 10 years yeah even five straight five, five yeah, years five after years. he retires yeah release like a well done well edited last dance style where it's yeah. like this intense storytelling yeah great filmmaking dramatic um but really enjoyable like documentary about tom brady's career yeah because that man has done some crazy stuff and you will like you said people will eat that up and even even talk, I know he doesn't like talking about the the more, I don't know, risque topics of his career. But even hinting at them, people will be like, "Oh, he talked about Deflategate. Oh, he talked about Spygate. He talked about like you know what I mean? Like if he if he right. even like mentions that, it'll blow up. It'll blow up. I just think, uh, I don't know. This this is not like comparatively like two great two of the greatest athletes ever make a documentary, and I just feel like one of them was like played perfectly. And the yeah. other one kind of fumbled the bag. I I'm just I'm gonna wait because Trey, I have no doubt that they're actually gonna make they're gonna make a proper one for Tom Brady. I, and when they do that, I'm all in. I want the Absolutely. proper one. I want the proper well, one. Well, the other thing too is that you mentioned the risque topics of Tom Brady's career. Right. They talked about the risque topics of Michael Jordan's career. 
Yeah, right? they did. They talked about his gambling scandals. They talked about like Dennis although they Rodman. Kind of, they talked they kind about of, issues with Scotty over his injury. The gambling they kind of pushed under the rug a little bit. Like you know what I mean? Like oh yeah, was, that, I don't a have little a bit demure on if the. I can if I can quit right, but at the time, Michael Jordan's gambling people were like, "What the heck?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. It was. But crazy. they did qualify it though, and they're like, they're like, this guy is a inhuman superstar like he's the most popular yeah. person on planet earth and this is pre-internet yeah this is pre-big internet this is pre-social media mm-hmm. and this guy was a rock star mm-hmm. everybody knew who michael jordan was and be like mike and so they qualify everything and they're like imagine how hard it must be to be actually michael jordan because everywhere he goes he's being followed and he mm. can't have a smudge a stain as anything a blotch of indiscretion on his like image and his record because, but the thing is, is that he's a person. And if the worst that it was, was gambling versus Wilt Chamberlain having intercourse with 10,000 women or magic Johnson who did the same thing, you know, like there, I'm not saying that those things are bad, but like people do what they do. People have their vices and you can still be an incredible athlete and a role model, but do what you got to do in your private life. It is what it is. It is what it is. And I deflate gate, that's a hunk of crock of crap. <laughs> it's not a real thing. Get over it, people. Tom Brady's the goat. He kept winning. Yeah, I don't even want to hear it. You guys are like, oh, well, the football. If it was the same football, it'd be easier to catch for everybody. No, and it, it all changed once he left. Everyone left. He left, and he was like, you know what? I actually like Tom Brady. He's actually a great guy. And I'm like, um, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. You weren't saying this in 20, 2016, 17. Okay. All right, all right, bud. All right, buddy. You're, you're not that. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy, pal. <laughs> you're not that guy. Absolutely. All right, Trey. Take us, good sir. Take us forward into that. Good night <laughs> to the weekly highs. Let's get those good vibes going for this week. Hope everybody's having a great week wherever you are. I hope work is going well. Hope school is going well. Mm. And uh, hope you've been watching, watching a lot of sports, a lot of highlights. And you're here with us. So thank you. All right, Trey. The weekly highs. You know, I'm just excited for this time of year, specifically the holiday break. And, you know, you know, I got a little good little vacation uh, coming up. So I'm excited to. Yeah. So I'm excited, you know, to have that. Like I get the the full week going into Christmas off, uh, which is really nice. And then, you know, beyond into into New Year's and and things of that nature. So it's going to be nice to relax. It's going to be nice to watch some of these uh, Christmas games. Like, I think, like, obviously, you get basketball on Christmas, you get a nice Christmas Day slate, right? I don't know what it is this year, but it's always a good, like, three or four games, like, run through the run through the day. And then, you know, this is also the time in, in football where you get the Saturday games. And so I'm excited for next week where we get two Saturday games. And so that's just, I'm like, I am so in for Saturday football. Like, I would much rather have Saturday football than Thursday night. Like, hands down. I I know. You would? Yeah. You don't like that Thursday night? Well, I just think the. So, I like for. From a fan's perspective, you get the game earlier, right? So, you get. You you kind of move into the football week 
weekend earlier and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, we already played a game. But from a product standpoint, most of the time, you're not getting a great product because you're getting people off the short week. Like you're either playing Saturday, you're playing Sunday, you know, you might even get like a Sunday night into a Thursday. And then you're like, these teams, even though they're good, they're playing like crap. (laughs) And I wasted time like until 11, like 11 PM. And then I have to, and then I have to, I've worked the next day. You know what I mean? Like most American public has to work on the Friday afterwards. So like I would rather, you know, get through the week, and then, boom, first day of the weekend, oh, you wake up and it's like, it, it feels like Sunday because you have the football game. And then, boom, and you get all the other games on on Sunday. And then you get one on Monday. Okay. So okay. I like, I like kind you, of like okay. consecutive. Yeah. Like consecutive okay. makes it nice. So I'm, so I'm excited. Thursday to Monday is like your football time. It's my <laughs> special time for football. <laughs> I don't want to be interrupted. <laughs> I got my yes. freaking nachos. I got my feet up and I got a cold beer. All right, <laughs> honey, don't talk to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I would rather, I would definitely rather be consecutive than have the day break, than go into or have two days. Of Thursday break. night, you want to do something, you know, like if yeah. you're, if you're out, if you want to do something, if you want to go bowling, if you want to hang out with your friends, if you want to go out to dinner with your family, like, you know, Thursday night's a good night for that, I would yeah. think. And now if you do that, you can't watch football unless you're at dinner and you're like kind of like peering over mm-hmm. and you keep like looking at the at the, the TV above the bar and they're like, hey, hey, come back to us. And you're like, yeah, just one sec. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, she just talked about her. She just talked about she just announced her pregnancy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Steelers yeah, yeah. are at the four yard line. Steelers <laughs> are about to do something crazy. Just we will be talking about the Steelers today as well. We have some interesting topics lined up for everybody. We have mm-hmm. a little bit of the Celtics and just kind of what the hell. And then we have a little bit of the Steelers. It's just kind of like, uh, what the hell? And then we have a little bit of the Patriots and we're like, mm, okay, that's what good. the hell. <laughs> but it's an excited what the hell. Exciting. Right. Well, good. Trey, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that you have a nice little vacation coming up and uh, that we get some Saturday day yeah. football. Mm hmm. Nice. That'll be nice. Yep. And then for my uh, for my sports high, I wanted to kind of talk about the landscape of the NBA. I know we're going to do some some Eastern Conference stuff with the Celtics, but in terms the of the NBA lands- as a whole, yeah, the NBA as a whole is is definitely looking like there's a lot of parity within the league. You know, we talk about five, six, seven years ago. We've had, there's con- there was always conversations of oh my god, one conference is always better than the other, and the other one's like. Ugh, like if only this team were in the other conference, they'd be a three seed, and now they're right. an eight seed. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like you got all those, you had all those conversations, right? Like the the classic NBA fan combo. But now I don't think you can really make that conversation anymore. You know, you look at the Eastern Conference, the difference between the first seed and the eighth seed, which is the Nets now, and then the Hornets. Four games. Four games. Four games, and you know you get a lot of you get a lot of really good games like we just saw the hornets who are completely decimated like my god they have no one <laughs> like they have nobody playing on their team right now and w- withstanding they were able to beat 
I know it's the Kings, but they're able to beat an NBA team. Like that's how <laughs> better the competition has been, and that's how I don't know. I know. I know. I feel like every time I talk about the Kings, yeah, I just yeah. get flashbacks of me saying that they could be a playoff team, and they were a playoff <laughs> team last year. And uh, war, war never changes. <laughs> Trace will always put the Kings in the playoffs. <laughs> 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 Help! Oh. The kings are reeling. Marvin <laughs> uh, Bagley's still injured. <laughs> yeah, they're number. Yo, they're they're number ten. Hmm. No, hmm. I'm kidding. Oh, do I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Before we do better. talk about the Celtics, I got to say one thing. When you go on the Celtics subreddit and you just kind of like, I, I use the Celtics subreddit as kind of a way to gauge how like other people and other fans are feeling. Because um, sometimes you know it's just a nice forum where you can see Cry. some people's well where you can see some people's <laughs> joys some people's pains and i keep seeing stuff about trading for harrison barnes and buddy healed and we'll talk about it in a second but i'm not sure that that's the best move anyway Shrey. so yes no uh as you were saying there's only four games between the first seed and the eighth seed in the eastern conference and all the way yeah. down to the 11th and 12th seed it's like like it's, it's, it's close it's close yeah and like there are some teams right now, like obviously the Hawks are nine, the Celtics are, are 10, the Knicks are 12, right? So you have teams that are, are in my mind, I think, and also in your mind that are going to be playoff teams. They're not playing the best and they're, the competition is still like continue. Like, you know what I mean? Like otherwise the wizards by oh. now would have, I know they went down to five. They're not, they haven't played the best basketball in like the past couple past two weeks or something but they're still playing they're still playing playoff basketball right now the Cavs are playing really well they're other than Sexton they got healthy um, right so like I don't know the Eastern Conference way better in, now than it probably was four or five years, years ago. ago than it was yeah. four or five years ago. I wouldn't even say probably like back then you had like the Cavs and then the the Cavs the Hawks and you're like who else yeah yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Cavs, Hawks, Celtics, like that's it. Like, and you were like, even like you were like, eh, the Sixers, yeah, they're good. They're young, but like, I don't really trust them. There was a lot of, yeah, they're good, but I don't really trust them teams back then. Now all those right. teams have become like, oh yeah, I can, I can kind of trust them. So that's the Eastern conference with the Western conference, the same thing, right? Other than the Warriors and the Suns right now, who are just you know, completely controlling the conference and same with the jazz. I think I would put the jazz, the jazz are getting up there now. Yeah. Yeah. With six yeah, game but, win streak. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. They, they just play great team defense. I just love them. Um, four through 11 in the Western conference is a four game margin. That same four games that we're talking about in the East. That's right. Four through eleven, so you're getting like a you have single the, game is putting you up two seeds, or if you lose, you're down two seeds. Exactly, you have the Blazers at eleven right now, and that's obviously they don't have McCollum right now, and they don't, haven't had Lillard, and they don't have Simons, so they have like three really key players for them that are out. But you know, I expect them to go back up, and like, right? You know what I mean, like. And then even that, like you can add a game, and the Spurs are five and five games below. So it's like right mm. now, after 25, 26 games in the NBA, I like how everyone's kind of got a shot, and we're not just saying like, okay, yeah, the Warriors and the Suns are the best teams in the conference, and you know probably the best teams in the league right now, right? But 
we can at least have a conversation about the other teams below them. We don't have to just completely write them off because they're not that far apart. No, they're so, not that far apart. Right. And, I kind of like that. No, I like that too. And I think that's great. It spawns healthy competition and it's great to see teams like the Wizards and the Cavaliers and the Hornets in the East do well, do well mm-hmm. you know, and you just have the Memphis Grizzlies as a, as a fourth seed and to have mm-hmm. the Phoenix Suns as a second seed. I mean, Last year, kind of like, you know, going into this year, everybody knew they were going to be good. But, man, the Suns have been bad for so long. They've been bad since 92, 3. Since they, won their, since they went to the finals, you're saying? Since they went to the finals. Yeah, I mean, since since Barkley left. The Suns left, have been bad. Since Barkley, since Barkley left. left and, the then, and then they were good for that span when Steve Nash, they got to the Western Conference Finals a couple oh, times. Yep, um, yep. But, yeah, like all those times in between – like the Jason Kidd era uh, and then the post Nash era, which was super ugly. That was bad. Yeah. Super ugly. Right. So yeah, the Suns, the Suns fans have not had, have had some bigger bad stretches than good stretches. So it's good to see them have my time. Things turn around around <laughs> these parts. <laughs> it's definitely how's the like? How, have you talked to a lot of Suns fans? How are they kind of feeling about their continued success? I mean, they're just happy. You know, it's one of those things where like they're not taking it for granted. They're just kind of oh, okay, like, like this is this is good because again, like a lot of Suns fans have suffered for a long time, mm-hmm. so they're very happy with where they are. Obviously, mm-hmm. but they're not like they're not like we're the freaking best because they yeah. know. From experience, it could go away at any moment. Yeah, there's ha- <laughs> well, and there, there were times like we thought that there would be no sport, like like they would, like you know what I mean, like sports in Arizona. If they were gonna keep getting worse, like you know, it was no relocation a possibility, right? Yeah, but yeah, but you know, you got to give it time, and it just shows that like if you put good talent out there, and they and then they you get them to mesh. You have a good coach around them. You have good great leaders, coach, great veterans, great role players. Yeah, the Suns are a solid freaking team, man. Things will turn around. So they're a solid team. I love it. I love it. And you know, hey, listen for everybody listening, everybody back home. I miss you. But two, more importantly, uh, I'm bleed green first, people. Okay, Celtics all the way. However, fake fan. No, I have to be a fake fan because the Suns. I can actually watch them without like giving myself high blood pressure uh honestly probably good for your mental well-being good for my mental well-being it's like i don't want to come home from work turn on the tv and then watch the dumpster fire that is the boston Celtics. (laughs) but we'll get all into that after i do the weekly lows (laughs) the lows so for my sports low The statisticians over at ESPN are incredible people, and they were able to pull through some, I only imagine, crazy calculations, some fantastic stats about the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, the Los Angeles Lakers are sort of defying what people's expectations were. However, Lakers haters can rejoice. Lakers right now are sitting at around the sixth seed. They're not good. They're not bad. They're straight middle of the road. Do I think they're going to win a championship? Uh, Probably not. A lot of people take in a question the thing about the Lakers is that they they're old they have a lot of age they have a lot of experience on their team which could be a good thing however in one aspect it's really bad the lakers out of all the teams in the nba their average running speed is 4.25 miles per hour which is the slowest in the nba 
their percentage of the time in the game they spend walking is 68% highest in the NBA. And in a sport where fast breaks and running up and down the court is the whole jam, crazy to think that they're spending 68% of their time walking. Matt, and this Max, is across all players. You're oh, probably the last one. Yeah. Is the miles per game that they, all the players that like touch the court walk is 9.3, which is the second fewest in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Max, you're probably getting uh, better action watching mall walkers than you are the LA Lakers right now because they're faster. Seriously. So black Friday shoppers. <laughs> in, <laughs> out. So it's, it's, yeah, that's an insane stat. Um, I really liked when the NBA started doing kind of those speed stats and they were able to put sensors around the court and on the rim and stuff. And uh, usually it's so that you could see like Giannis go down the court in three dribbles and what his speed was or like Ishmith and like how fast he is like on the court right. and stuff like that, right? Like n- normally you wouldn't really be talking about how slow a player is, but I like how they're talking about how slow players are. And um, evidently it's the whole Lakers team that's slow. And you can just tell that they, <laughs> like when they're down, they just, they just pack it in. They're they're also, already they're already packing their uh, luggage for the next game. It's it's bad. Like if you saw that um uh that Grizzlies Lakers game, and uh, Westbrook is like tossing like four straight passes into the stands, and he's like he's like oh I'm gonna throw it, and then he'll like throw it back, and it'll just like hit some lady, and then he'll and then he's like oh I'm gonna get this guy in the corner, and he's like tossing it like four feet above his head and then he gets benched i'm like yeah that's the that's the lakers right now well shay i just want to say <laughs> that statistically speaking speed walkers speed uh-huh. walk at about four miles per hour the average yeah. person runs between 6.5 and eight miles per hour so the lakers are are running at <laughs> nice two miles an hour lower nice. slower than the average person nice they're doing that um you remember that that dance challenge uh <laughs> the harlem shake yeah I you no the, oh, the running man yes the running man they're doing I'm that down. yeah yeah they're doing that uh uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> they're doing that dance all the way across the court <laughs> that's how LeBron shimmying shuffling down <laughs> oh my god so that is my sports low incredible i'm in i'm impressed my sports high for me personally is that there are statisticians who can find that out but my sports low is that the lakers man the old time lakers Mm. that just stinks all right for my personal low um (laughs) i played basketball today i played i've been playing for a couple weeks now against a bunch of uh former overseas pros uh, so I safe to say I'm getting my tuchus handed to me on a weekly basis. However, today was an especially bad day where just trying to go out, have fun, stay loose, do my thing. I was fine mm-hmm. on defense. I was fine on defense. But just like our very own Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics, I was god-awful on offense. <laughs> I I finished the day two for 12 across four, four like, you know, quick games. And yeah. I started off like 0 for 8. Oh. Yeah, it was really bad. And what were and the, the worst shots you were taking? I was taking everything. I, uh, no, no. Okay, so when I say everything, it's not like every time the ball came to me, I would shoot it. But yeah, trying yeah, to make good the, decisions. We're on the court. Yeah, we're on the court. Were you? I shot two threes, 
I tried uh, to pull up into a mid range, which is like typically my bread and butter. Yeah. Tried to play in the post, tried to drive it. Everything was either just off or just rimming out. Dang. It was one of those. And it was just hard because these are, there's a new group of guys that I'm playing with. They're a lot better than me. So I'm trying to like not impress, but like show them that I can hang. Yeah. I think the speed of the game with like former pros is a lot faster than what I'm used to. Mm. So I think I'm, I'm having those rookie difficulties trying to like catch up to that. Yeah. And it's just hard because like you see them and they're like, they're frustrated and rightfully so. Cause with something that should be a freaking easy bucket where I'm wide open and it just like rims out just, just bad. Yeah. And that's probably just like a, you haven't really gotten to know who you're playing with and you're, you're trying to get into the groove of like how they play, what their style is. And, I, I know it's just like I know my shots though and I, I I practice all the time my roommates mm-hmm. make fun of me because I you know I'm always at the gym it just it keeps me sane playing basketball but of course it was it was just it was just bad man it was just bad um, dang so well, yeah I'll, but it's okay after that I got my yeah. shots up I did my Steph Curry 100 uh, jump shots so we're gonna mm. fix it we're gonna come back next week and we're gonna be better but it was and definitely we, definitely frustrating today we got we gotta get uh you know law of averages right like hopefully you you kind of go to the mean yeah and so yeah you you probably won't be 0 for 8 so i guess you you can get the bad days out of the way and then focus on the good ones uh, yeah well thanks Trey. that that was that was nice yes i agree <laughs> yeah play up, up play, move play it some, on up yeah play some sad music behind what i just said and, or like some uplifting <laughs> uplifting music i'm gonna play marvin's room thank you <laughs> hopefully it will get copyrighted for that that's my cover is this the- that's my cover <laughs> will wayne i'm not i'm not trying to i'm not trying to get copyrighted okay landing on the track is this a singing episode is that what this yeah. is carry we got to do a karaoke episode that's uh, good maybe for our 50 <laughs> maybe for big big five oh <laughs> Well, we've had so many ideas for 50. We're going to have like a four hour episode. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm doing the 50 piece nugget thing. Mark my words, people. Yeah, yeah, we got it. We got to get that. We got to get that. It's going to be a, it's going to be like a mukbang ASMR, like just eating and chatting kind of deal. Yeah, we got to get I'm that, eat done. that 50 piece on yeah. air. I'll get some Taco Bell. We'll, we'll, we'll grub. We'll Dumb. grub and eat. <laughs> you know, Taco Bell, I got to give them props because they have decent, like, some restaurants especially fast food has nothing that vegetarians can eat taco bell has a couple things that like people who are vegetarian can actually enjoy no and um all the stuff that they have meat you can substitute for bean bam and they and recently they did they they have like black bean rather than refried and i've been getting that and i think that's just way healthier than the refried beans that they have obviously so i love to have it as an option yeah yeah no it's really good it's really good what about you like out there you guys got like what like del taco and and stuff and yeah there's a lot but you know what i mean you gotta all right so the rule of thumb is you you like if you're going searching for a mexican restaurant get a recommendation get recommendations don't just don't just show up to any place you can find on google they might have good reviews no you talk to the people who who live here and who work here and that's how you find out where the good good mexican food is you're talking I've about the local in, spots, right? I'm talking about the local spots. Oh, you're oh, just okay, talking yeah. about like what we have for chains? Well, yeah. Well, in ge- okay, yeah. But in, in general, with the local spots, like, have you been to a bunch of them already? Oh, like, yes. Mm. My God, the best. It's. I mean, 
it's phenomenal. It's yeah. phenomenal. You just you get a recommendation. The guys at work are great. They sent mm-hmm. me to a lot of spots. I went down to one in Tucson. Uh, I went to a couple around here, mm-hmm. and just whew, the yeah. flavors. You know, you mm, throw in lime juice imagine. on everything. It's fantastic. Oh. And they they have a lot of like vegetarian tacos and burritos and yeah. all that stuff too. And and you know you get you get recipes from all like regions in different parts of Mexico. So I yeah. guess what I've learned is that like tacos and burritos from Southern Mexico are different than Northern Mexico mm. and like different restaurants will do it different styles based off of what their recipes are. Yeah. Mm. So no, that's good. really good. You're I don't know, widening your, you're going to come, you're going to come back to a Taco Bell and be like, Mm-mm, no, 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 no. Let me show you're you. Come you're going to those get, New England. Yeah. You're, you're going to get change. into the kitchen and be like, this is how I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you the spice. <laughs> All right. So Shrey, let's, um, let's transition here. Let's just yeah. get our forks and our knives. We're going to dive right into the meat and the potatoes of this podcast. Shing, shing. For, <laughs> the first thing I want to talk about today is la Boston Celtics um terrible 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 <laughs> terrible and the thing i want to know is is how did we get here why are we so painfully average and what do you do to improve now mm-hmm. for some background right now the Celtics are sitting at just below 500 we've been teeter tottering at 500 all season long and the clear indication to me is that the Celtics are not terrible but they're definitely not good, and they're not a playoff contender. Mm. Might make it, but they are a middle-of-the-road average team. There's a lot of theories about what's going wrong, whether it's the bench players, it's the lack of shooting, it's the stars, it's the people around them, it's the coaching, it's the team building, it's the chemistry, all of the above. What I want to do today is I want to kind of dive in with Shreyas about what we think is going on and what the possible solutions might be Because watching a Celtics game, like I said before, is like pulling teeth. And it raises your blood pressure. And all it is is just watching Jason Tatum isolate. It's awful. Jalen Brown is hurt, which is terrible. I think there's potential in the bench. It's just bad. It's We lost. We had a pretty unsuccessful road trip. And we just got blown up by the Suns a few nights ago. So, Shrey, I want to start with your thoughts on where the team is at and just what's going on it's not great it's it's been like this for a while too if you think about it so, you know since they made the bubble eastern conference finals right i haven't really seen much improvement in not only the roster on this team but just kind of their play and that starts from the top i think tatum's your best player and that's in talent wise. And he show he shows it on the, on the stat sheet every night. And I think that's where it comes from is you see his, 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 it feels like his improvements come on the stat sheet and I don't really see it on the court when I'm watching it. Like you, you look down at the stat sheet and you're like, Oh wow. We had 22 and 10 today and like th- four assists or whatever. But like so that's great for like if you have him in fantasy but when you look at kind of the type of player he is at this time like yeah he's made it clear like i'm not really a vocal person i'm not really a uh a get in your face type of leader like i just kind of play and you know let people fall like i feel like he needs to be a 
like he needs to be a leader. I don't see another leader on this team. If your best player uh, isn't your leader and you also don't have someone else that is going to take that role, I feel like Marcus Smart thinks he's some sort of vocal leader, but then he's the opposite of Tatum. Where but he, then Marcus Smart, okay, yeah, he, Trey, he pause. yells a lot and he doesn't play well at the time. So yes, let's talk about Marcus Smart. Okay, my thing is is. I, I love his personality. And I like his hustle, but that fire and that the reason why I, I, I fell in love with him. <laughs> no, but the reason why I started liking him is because of his fire and his dog mentality. And we mentioned that word, that phrase a lot, dog mentality. Mm-hmm. It's kind of gone away watching him now. Yes, he's a defensive, you know, stopper. He's one of the best defensive guards in the league, but it comes out to a net zero and he looks like me today. Where mm. yes, he's contributing on defense, but on offense, he's not—he's not there, and he is arguably the worst starting point guard in the NBA right now. Arguably, mm. not definitively, but arguably, when he started the game yesterday or the, a couple days ago against the Suns, where he started 0 for 11 and finished one was it one for 13 and had yeah. zero assists, you wonder what is he doing. It's yeah, bad. In his, I think the offensive part of it too, right? Like, yeah, we know we know his contributions on the defensive end. Also, like, w- when it comes to that, right? I feel like he gives himself more credit, like than like I feel like we should be giving him the credit, but he also like, you know, kind of hypes himself up on that standpoint. But he, it downplays his actual shooting. You know, he has never. He's only shot. Since he's been in the league, he's only shot over forty percent from the field once. Once he's been, yeah, he's been in the league uh, nine nine years. This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. He's yeah. had one season of over forty, and that was forty two percent. So, like, I don't know. Like, it's this is the player he is. I feel like people think like, okay, yeah, he gets like seven threes one game, and they're like, oh my god, Marcus, like. Yeah, what are where all those haters now? Like he had twenty one and he won us the game, but then you know they're real quiet when he goes one for thirteen. We lose by twenty one against well, a really good Suns team. I mean, there, there's not you know it's not that everybody's quiet when it comes to Marcus Smart. There's a lot of people who are really vocal about their distaste for how he plays. Mm. You know, there, there's a lot of people questioning why he is starting, and I'm starting to get to the point where it's like we have Dennis Schroeder. Right. For mm-hmm. this year and probably this year alone. Yeah. Why isn't he starting? That man is smooth as silk. He's a hustler. He's getting great assists and he's trying to move the ball as much as he can. He yeah. makes driving to the basket look easy, but it's, we all know it's not. He yeah. makes it look easy and he's getting points and he's hitting open shots. I mean, that for me is what you would want. And he's he's not as good of a defender as Smart, sure. He's a little small, but he can still defend and he still just like tries and he plays. And for me, that's enough to change up the rotation. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets last year, we can argue that they had a successful season. They changed up their rotation like 40 different times. Like mm-hmm. their starting lineup was, dip, there was 40 different combinations of players. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think we should explore with. I mean, when Jalen yeah. Brown comes back, why doesn't he come off the bench, right? I get he's your starter, but he doesn't work well with Tatum. Bring him yeah, off the bench. 
either st- they obviously they need to be staggered whether or not he starts so i think starting is more or less uh, like it's not is a it great politics parameter entertainment? yeah it's like not a great parameter for how like i think playing time is what is needed right like playing time and not just playing time is like crunch time who's on your who's on the court i think Oh, well, yes, you know, Trey, right. it's going to be Tatum. It's going to be Tatum, dude, and he's going to just go down and he's going to freaking <laughs> dribble it, and then he's going to score. And I don't know how he's going to score. He's going to take a step back. But that's what it, it works. We've seen it work. You know, he scored. He did that went bank shot on Giannis last season. So <laughs> I, it works. Oh, ridiculous. Yeah, anyway. so I, I agree with you. Schroeder needs to – Jordan needs to start. I think Smart needs to come off the bench, but there's something in Smart's demeanor. I don't know how long, if he were to get benched, right? And not even just get benched, just like have a bench role. Obviously, he's still going to get like 30 minutes, right? He's going to get time with Schroeder, and they're going to, and like Udoka's going to figure out, you know, how to get both of them on the court. The problem is, I think it would hurt Smart's ego to come off the bench. Right. Huh. He he I, I he thinks he's yeah. he thinks he's like this big three with him, Jason, and Jalen. And they gave him uh the front office gave him power to like m- help make coach decisions last year. He full and well believes he is like a future piece. Like I'm like he got his contract, like I'm good, well, like I got my yeah. say. So like that like is like in, in he's invested, right? So now oh, and they're invested in him. So like like I think it's gonna like it'll definitely deflate him even if it meant mm-hmm. coming off the bench and still playing like 29 30 minutes. But isn't the hallmark of a good player doing what it takes to win? Absolutely. Well, I don't care. I don't care about your ego and the Celtics messed up with their contracts this year. For sure. Why in the world we talked would about you it. sign... Uh, we talked about this before, but why in the world would you sign Josh Richardson, who was shooting a career low, like d- like a descending like trend career lows from yeah. three over the past three years? Why would you sign him to a one-year extension before he's even played a game? Yeah. Why would you sign Marcus Smart to such a huge contract? We had a whole episode on this, too. Why would yeah. you sign him to such a huge contract when you know that he's been struggling offensively? And why would you sign Robert Williams, who admittedly, at some moments, is a very bright spot among a lot of darkness? But why would you sign him to, again, another huge contract when you know that he is injury-prone? Mm-hmm. I'm tired of hearing... And this is one of the things, you know, I brought up the Celtics subreddit before, but this is one of the things that I kind of read. I want to see what people are thinking. One of the most common sentiments and I'll say excuses for our poor performance is over. And this is over the years is, oh, we're not healthy. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're hospital Celtics. Oh, once we're healthy, we'll be good. Guess what? That's not how it works. We've talked about this before where you need to play the injuries. You need to get players who aren't going to get hurt so that you can actually win the games because at the end of the day, all that matters is the actual games that you win and how you play them and how you win them. If somebody's a great player, but they're on the bench, it's effectively having no player. Yeah. So when we're healthy is the most BS of BS I've ever heard. No. And let's flip that on its head. We're talking about this Celtics Suns game, right? Um, can we talk about how the Suns didn't have Devin Booker? They didn't have DeAndre, <laughs> they didn't have DeAndre Ayton. And they and they ripped you to shreds. Can we talk with, about that? With, yeah, with, with Jail yeah. McGee. 
JaVel McGee, McGee cooked your ass. 21 points from JaVel McGee. Who Jay Crowder. Was carved out. Yeah. Like Jay Crowder. Yeah, yeah. Their whole team. They're, they're, they had seven players in double figures. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they have like you have to find ways to win regardless of injuries. If you're if you want to be considered a good team, either either it's the injury conversation, right? Or it's we're not a good team until like you know what I mean? We're not a good team right now, like we'll have to wait it out. So it's Dude, like it can't be, be Jalen Smith almost had a double-double. Jalen Smith has not played for the entire year. <laughs> Yeah, same thing with the Celtics. Been. They play the Clippers in in BJ Boston. Mm, goes cooked nuclear. Him. Cooked him. Twenty seven. He had him. like he had like five threes. He was hitting. He was hitting everywhere. No one could stop him. And that's the thing. It's like we pride ourselves on our defensive game. We had we've had really good defensive games this year. Like that's the one thing I'll say positive. Like we've. I feel it felt like recently we had played well on defense. Right, and then, like we're getting that defensive identity back. Like, yeah, I, I can, you know, it happens. And then as quickly as it came, it went, <laughs> where'd it go? Why are we losing by 21 now? And now it feels like we're on the other side of what we were we were doing. Like, you know what I mean? Like now we're being held to 90. Because we have, because it just seems like, and I would love if we could reestablish our defensive identity, but at the For same sure. time, you still need to score points. Yeah. And what our system is right now is not scoring points. Because if you have watched or will watch a Celtics game this season, last season, the season before, and maybe a little bit the season prior. So going back four years, there is so much play calling, demanding isolation play. Mm -hmm. And to me, I still don't understand why that's part of our game plan, and I don't know if I ever will. I would hate to play on a basketball team with Jason Tatum. Mm. I don't know if it's because the coach is always calling those plays for him. I don't know if it's because those are decisions that he's making or the front office is making. The result remains the same on the court. All he does is as he's a black hole. He sucks up the ball. He'll make a couple a couple passes, but he will run out the shot clock trying to get a difficult shot. And then that's that. Yeah, like, he invite he invites the double team and then he doesn't pass out of it quickly oh. enough. Like that was that was a that was a mark of what uh, I don't remember who said this, um, but they were t- someone was talking. So one of the players was talking about Joel Embiid, and when Joel Embiid start like early on in his career, he would like get into double teams and then he would get stuck, but then he started playing faster. Like when he sees a double team, he just moves. He gets the ball, he moves, and that's the one thing. Like players like. Tatum, they don't move right away. They need to hold the ball. They need to dribble it. They they don't oh. make their move and decide right away what they're gonna do. They have to think about okay, I gotta put this this uh, between between the legs dribble into my behind the back into the step like step through, like they gotta do all uh, you know floater. They gotta do all that like and it takes up time. They can't just, it, the game is not coming, I guess, quick enough to him that he's able to to process what he's gonna do once he gets the ball and it's it's a detriment to how the Celtics play. And you, you talked about this, Max. I wanted to just say this. You said that you, you kind of like what their bench is. I hate their bench. I think it's awful. I think it's the, the one of the worst bench, if not the worst bench in the league. And there are some really bad teams, but I might like their bench more than more than ours. Mm. Uh, what we we had all these picks, right? And we used all of them. <laughs> yes, and because they, that was one of the greatest steals. One of the greatest finesses 
of NBA GM history where Danny Ainge <laughs> finessed years of draft picks for an expiring Kevin Garnett and yeah. Paul Pierce. And at the time you were like, wow, he, he really did, right? Like he got all these picks and yeah, you were glad you were, you were unhappy to see those, you know, legends go, but it meant the future and you were kind of excited. And then as you got on, you were like, whoa, we're getting some lottery picks. This is great. And you turned it into Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Cool. Okay. So you got your franchise pieces. What have they really done on this team with all the uh, Grant Williams? When will Grant Williams ever have a game? Like two games in a row hey. that you're like, oh, this is like, this is something special. Shrey, this is a guy. He's shooting. Yeah, but Shrey, he's shooting about 50, 40, 90. I know that's on like three attempts per game. Yeah. <laughs> But he's still shooting 50-40-90. He's bad. One free throw a game. One free throw Gotta a game. Make it. And then make it. <laughs> right. And then you don't give and then now Neesmith, who I felt like he was like going to be better this year, he's like I don't know, he's he's not in it. And then he's also he's not playing enough. Like, how am I supposed to know how he's really doing? But clearly, if he's getting 12, 13 minutes a game, Yudoka doesn't see enough improvement in him to play him those minutes right Right. Pritchard took a step back this year he's not he's not getting nearly enough minutes so that means see the floor at all he doesn't see the floor at all and under the Brad Stevens system you felt like wow this could be you know a decent role could be a decent pick yes yeah it could have been it could have been the first like one of the first decent picks I mean god Shrey remember when we drafted Tremont Waters and Carson Edwards in the same year Two of the shortest people I've ever seen. Carson Edwards was the fastest miss. I, we, we literally, my family, we called him Quick Brick because it was the fastest clanker off the rims that we've ever seen. Like he just, his shot was super fast. But yeah, and, and, and I was excited. You can't. Why would you, you draft really somebody because the... they're good in a tournament? Yeah, I know. Um, he was really good in the tournament. Oh, you were about to say. You were about to say. Oh, yeah. dude, he's good in the tournament. That doesn't translate to the NBA. Just like we saw Trevor Lawrence. Oh, dude, he was the guy in Syracuse. Doesn't translate to the NFL. Uh, Clemson? Uh, Syracuse. Yes, Clemson. You're right. <laughs> Just because hard. he was the guy on Clemson doesn't mean that he's the guy in the NFL. It doesn't translate. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you were saying about the bench. Well, like, yeah, just don't like the bench, is, the bench is horrible. I look at what these you know bench pieces are doing on other teams. Like you, you We talked about Brandon Boston. You know... With the Suns, you have Campaign, you have uh, who else? Cam Johnson, uh, Peyton. Like obviously Peyton's a veteran, but like you have these young guys that, when called upon for minutes, they will give you. Pro- they will produce, right? Like Cam Johnson, he, I like the way he shoots. Obviously, he's, he's not awesome. like some sort of like defensive wizard or whatever. But when you, he, but he's when you, awesome. yeah, when you want, when you need production offense on the floor, you call him. And he'll give you three threes. And you're like, wow. Like, that's like when you need it kind of like yep. production. Campaign, Campaign. Same thing. The same the thing. The lefty god. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I look at this and I'm like, wow, these, like all these teams either picking good, good enough that they're get you know, getting these really good role players or they're finding the guy on other teams that they're like, hey, this guy, you know, undervalued on this team. Let's go pick him up, and you know, let's put him in a system where. Well, you know, it sounds like trades, Trey. Yeah, and if they do, it's to like get pe- like to you know what I mean. Like they just take people away. They don't get anything in return. They just like they're like, oh yeah, we want to shed Daniel Tice's contract. Let's just take 
yeah. uh, Mo and Wagner I, and then yeah. release him. You know what I mean? Wait, what did I say before? It's like making moves based off of the quote unquote salary cap yeah. is the weakest position that you can be in. Yeah. It's never going to get you anywhere. And I also have concerns too. I mean, yeah, Trey, I hear you. You know, I my thing with the bench is that I would rather, I'd literally rather see the bench play more because I know we're going to get handed these L's either way. I'd mm-hmm. rather watch the bench play more and try to figure out how to play as a team with a bunch of scrappy dudes who are like basically NBA scrubs, mm. but watch them like try to like figure it out and develop. I'd rather the, do that. But what do you think the ceiling of the our role players are? Do you ever see, you know, a role player on this team having like, you know, sixth man not in like six man conversation but like 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 you can say like this is a sixth man on our team like i don't know who a sixth man on our team is currently i couldn't tell you it like uh, it probably is schroeder when he gets to the bench and brown is back but like i kind of put him in the starter quality kind of player i would because he's that guy yeah he's that guy right outside of that i don't see anybody on this team uh, like on the the bench bench that you can say like yeah he's a sixth or seventh guy I think we have a a ton of 11th guys, 12th guys that will sporadically get the minutes of a sixth guy, but not the production of a sixth guy. And there's a lot of teams that find their sixth man and they, they stick with them and then they play them like in crunch time. I wouldn't want any uh, Jabari Parker. Don't want him in crunch time. Grant Williams. Don't want him in crunch time. Juan Hernan Gomez. I don't want him on the floor, let alone crunch time. Neesmith. No, (laughs) Like, Neesmith, maybe, uh, he's probably the only person that I would want for defensive intensity. Other than that, like, I don't see anybody what on this team. What about Ennis Freedom, dude? Oh, man. <laughs> he's good. He's a good He's a good no, offensive he's good. rebounder. But I don't I don't want to play him 30 minutes a game, 20 no, minutes a game. No, not in crunch time. No, not in crunch yeah, And not yeah, in crunch time either. No, but yeah, straight. So. He was getting a solid, like, 25, 26 minutes on the Blazers. Yeah. And he was producing, like, 12 and 10. So he has that in him. But he I has think- that in him. Well, it's crazy yeah. that when you work with, you know, an actually like skilled two, well, okay, you have Dame, right? Who is yeah. a very, very good point guard, both at assisting and scoring. You have yeah. McCollum, which is the ideal shooting guard where his defense might be a little lackluster, but his offensive bag is deep and he's a good team player, Yeah, right? If you have those guys in the backcourt and then you have combinations of, you know, Nasir Little, uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Simons, you know, mm-hmm. all these kind of like mid mid to low tier like forwards and stuff. And then mm-hmm. you have Cantor, but working with that backcourt in yeah. a motion offense that's looking for the best shot. He probably yeah, he def- he probably he probably deserves more minutes. I, I like his permanent production and you don't have to call his number. Like he doesn't like he just he doesn't he's have the cleanup where he's like, I want to be that guy. He's the cleanup crew. He's the cleanup yeah. crew, right? Like he gets his yeah. points and his rebounds off of other people's opportunities yeah so that's fine i like no no i love that type of player i honestly think he deserves more i just think he deserves more minutes than like grant williams like i don't i think i think they deserve baby you know what i mean like i i think they deserve the same amount of minutes but like at the end of the day like there's just no upside with any of these guys we spent so many drafts in the in the and end we of the lottery so many great players we missed and, malcolm brogdon uh, we missed uh, uh i i we can talk about that another time because there's like literal lists of people yeah. who fell below but no we drafted gershon yabusele 14th overall oh my god like you know what i mean like that—that's a pick that we got from that trade, and now you look back eight years, 
uh, yeah, we're we're yeah, we're getting eight nine years from the trade, and you're like, man, we really butchered all of that, and now we have no assets. Yeah, people think, oh yeah, you know, if change change will come, don't worry, like we'll get the next guy. Like we once we're healthy, once we're healthy. What the yeah, Jays? The other thing too that I hear is that the Jays need shooters, or the Jays need like more people around them. Well, that may be true. You can't like, and people argue, oh well, Jason Tatum uh, ISOs because he can't pass out to anybody. Yeah. No, it's not how it works. I don't care. And what asset? What asset do you have? What assets do we have? What assets yes. do we have other than Tatum and Brown? What asset do you? Want? Do people do people want Marcus Smart right now? If I was an NBA team, I wouldn't want Marcus Smart right now. Robert Williams, he's you know he was playing thirty minutes a game and he was looking good. Now he's back to twenty two. Yeah, do I want him? He, I don't know. Well, because he's an injury risk, right? Yeah. So we have these guys who are Romeo Langford's an injury risk too. Don't I wouldn't him. want to play him more than twenty two to twenty five yeah. minutes a game. Is there's just no upside with any of these players that you can like be like, oh yeah, we'll flip him for this guy, like. Yeah, Rob, Evan, you could. Rob, you could. Robbie, Robbie could, but like comparatively, like what packages are you get like giving up? Right, like if you want a decent player, what starter quality player, you have to give up a package of picks. No one wants your picks because you're going to be in the middle of the road, right? And then no one really wants your players because you don't have enough quality NBA talent to be like enticing. Versus like say you know a team like the Bulls or uh you know what i mean like that type of team that like it's just like teeming with talent they come in they could they could snipe any trade from you because they just have the talent and people would want that ready-made nba talent rather than your mid mid-tier first round pick like i don't no one really cares about that you gave one up just to get kemba walker out of here that's how much your picks mean to you nowadays so like yeah, I, uh, well, I mean, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good that we got rid of Kemba. But think about that. We traded. We gave up a lot. We gave up a lot of the salary cap to get him. Mm-hmm. We had Gordon mm-hmm. Hayward, who <clears throat> biggest bust of all time. But for a while, Danny Ainge made Boston a free agent destination. He yeah. made it a place that people would want to come. I mean, we had Kyrie Irving. And now that I'm looking back, as much as I hated Kyrie and the terrible shots that he took, and some of the wild ISOs, at least he took it to the rack. Mm-hmm. And at least he was like trying before he had problems. And maybe, just maybe, he was right after all. Because he said that the locker room was toxic and that they weren't going to do anything with the team that they had. Mm. And I keep looking at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. One of them, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm catching flack. I'm going to catch flack for saying this. One of them has to go. They don't boost each other up. They play worse when they're on the floor together. And you see here, Jason Tatum's by himself, which ideally, if he's that guy, this is his bread and butter. This Mm -hmm. is the time where he's got to be dropping, where last year, when Jalen Brown was out, he was dropping these 40-point games. He was that guy. He was taken to the rack. He was not taking weird like pull-up twos. He was not forcing threes. He was making a little bit more playmaking. And so like you know, years prior, we're like, okay, he's going up. This year, I'm like, oh, he's stagnant and you can't have a superstar that's inconsistent. Like, yes, you can have bad games, but you can't go from what you just can't do what he's doing right now. Right. And looking at that, we just don't have the top end talent. We don't have the bench and now we don't have the picks. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's it's true. You talked about Danny Ainge making this a Boston a Boston a, a destination for a while, right? He made the he made the trades, he took the risks, he brought in players, right? And I felt like a lot of that was because of the success the early success this team had with Jason and Jalen. But now, now that that success is kind of wearing off, how many of that those tier of that tier of player, the Horfords, the the Haywards, the Kemba Walkers, the Kyrie's, how many of those players would look at this team now and say, "Oh, I want to go there"? No, I, not n- I no, wouldn't. None. I it's would say none. boring. It's boring. Why would you want to go? Why would you want to go from a, from a team where I don't care who you are in the NBA, but a lot of other teams, unless you're like real bad, you're running. You're in a you're in an offense where you can make plays and you can be on the receiving end of those plays and you can you you can find a spot you can fit into it you can get playing time everybody rotates everybody mm. plays defense everybody hustles the ball flows i mean it, even if i was like the nth man on the utah jazz mm-hmm. and, and take the jazz when they weren't good if they they're still running that team ball system i'm a much happier camper with everybody playing together than I would be on this ISO BS <laughs> crap that is the Celtics. And Trey, think about it too. We're talking about wasting, wasting time, wasting picks. Jalen Brown, after this year, has two years. Jason Tatum has three years. And I will be hard-pressed to say that we could win a championship in two years. mm with with the way that things currently are, because you you said it exactly. Like these guys that we have on the bench right now don't have value. They're not getting a chance to display their value. And so it's going to be impossible to flip them for anything. And the only way that I can see us like re it, like getting out of the scenario is to reset. Yeah. And what makes you think that Jason and Jalen will stay after like most NBA players, they don't really take that third contract from their team like their first team they really unless look you're at, Steph Curry yeah. yeah unless you're yeah and you're getting the bag right like but normally you're exploring your options around this time like what's to say that Jay Jalen first right he comes up in two years like if the way things are going he might just leave he might just up, up and go so I don't trust that they like the situation they're in we know we don't like the situation they're in but i feel like everyone's just kind of down bad right now and it's just not looking great for the future of this team and honestly the current product too it's i don't like the way they're playing i don't want to watch it as much like yeah obviously you want to watch the big matchups like the suns and the nets and the bucks and but if they all end up the same way you're like oh my god i know how this story ends so it's ridiculous. That has been our Celtics talk for the day. Um, you know, if you have thoughts, please comment on our Instagram posts, tweet at us, let us know. It's 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 frustrating right now to be a Celtics fan when there's so much ambiguity, so much middle of the road mediocrity, and just so much pain. I love going on the Instagram, on the Celtics Instagram, and just reading through the comments, and it's just pain, pain, Spain without the S. <laughs> It's just tough. It's tough. All right. So as we continue, before we get going, uh, we got to talk about another team that's just kind of like what's going on. Or two two teams. We're going to switch over, change gears to football real quick. And we want to talk about the, the the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's another team that they're like, what? where do you go from where you are right now? And then to celebrate the Patriots, 
and how well they're doing right now. So, Mm -hmm. Trey, Steelers? Yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers are what I feel in this, like, very weird medium space. They are grappling with the the past and the future, and they don't really know what their direction is. And I think that's really key for uh, a team. You got to have a sort of direction, right? So we saw we saw them play on Thursday night against Minnesota. Uh, horrible first half, right? They were down 29 or something. And then they, they come back, right? And a lot of flack has been put on Chase Claypool. And rightfully so. Uh, the first the first play where I was like, what is he doing? Was It was a second <laughs> down in the first half. It was a second down. Second down, first of all. Second down. And he catches the ball, and he's reaching over and with the ball out to try to get the first down, right? And the ball gets knocked out. And for a minute, people are saying it's a fumble. And so my mind goes, what the hell is he doing? It's second down. Why is he trying to get the first down? Why is he doing so much? He should just get down, you know, live to see third down. But like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay. He's trying to be the hero. He's trying to get the first down so he can stand up and do his point Dan. Like, you know, like the first down point or the, the Ezekiel Elliott eating or whatever. I, love, oh man, so many players got to yeah, do that. Right. right. They got to not only do the chains have to move, they got to tell you they, they got the first down. No, no, no. The blocking wasn't a part of it. They, um, yeah, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the quarterback didn't throw him the ball. Uh, no, no. These receivers and these, you know, skill players, they got to tell you they got the first down. So he, he, that play gets you know taken back. They end up having to punt. But I just think I'm like, where's the wherewithal in these in these players, right? On the Steelers in general, they get the penalties. They they have to you know overly make it about them. And that goes for Ben too. Ben is super egotistical. His his radio appearances, his press conferences, where you know none of the blame should go on him, and he's gotta he he's gotta be like oh. It's not my problem. Like he talked about that today. He talked about that yesterday when Claypool, uh, his, the second mistake he made was uh, he got a first down at the end of the game. They have no timeouts. It's like 26 seconds left. uh, Or yeah, he's like, you know, 30 seconds left. And then he gets the first down and he does his point. He's got to tell you, he's got to got a first down. And then, his lineman has to come up and take the ball from him, try to take the ball from him. The ref is like trying to like get the ball as well. The ball like spills out onto the field. They have to go pick it up. They have to, the, they have to rush it down to the, to the spot. They have to give it to the ref first because the ref's got to spot it. And then they lose 14 seconds overall. Right. And then you got, Ben saying, you know, that's Mike Tomlin's problem. That's not my problem, which like great leadership, Ben, first of all, amazing, you know, wonderful. You really want to be here and you're really showing it. Exceptional. That's not me. Exceptional. That's not me. Exceptional. I, I didn't do that. You've only, you've only been in the league 16 years. Great, great job. You really know what the NFL is not, all about. Not my guy. <laughs> right. And then Mike Tomlin, uh, uh, I forgot what he said. We'll skip that. Claypool. Claypool 
says he he's blaming the ref for not being there and he's like oh you know yeah it was on it was on me to you know the funniest part about you know an apology that doesn't matter is when they're like yeah no it's me and sorry it was me but and when you hear the but you want you know immediately they don't care about whatever they said beforehand mm-hmm. about saying sorry they care more about oh this is who really deserves the blame right and that's what claypool did is he said yes it was my he, my fault but he took it all away by saying but and then said the ref wasn't at the spot like i couldn't find him and then you know the ball you know got you know got loose and clearly the ball only got loose because you wouldn't give your own teammate the ball to bring it back to the ref you look at you look at a team run like that like the cardinals from the past 2 years where you have really solid minds and fitzgerald and and murray and DeAndre Hopkins, like really good, solid NFL minds. And then you look at the the Steelers, and yeah, they have so much talent and they get their stats, but in crunch time, are they doing what's necessary week after week to to win games? Right. And I don't think so. And it's not it, like no, no, I'm not gonna no, I don't think so. No, they're not. And something's gotta change. Uh. Something's gotta change. And either and i don't think it's tomlin's fault i think it's the player's fault for for not understanding the game and not understanding what it means to be a team right like i think there's a lot of me personalities on that team and if ben leaves that's one that's gone right but you're still gonna have claypool um and you're still gonna have juju when he comes back next year and you had levy on bell right that's another player for now you had levy on bell too who was a me, me, me player, right? An amazing talent. They're so good at scouting and getting these players. But right. me, me, me talent, me, me, me guy worries about the money. He takes a lower contract, goes to the Jets, and he stinks it up, right? So you can tell, like, when once the me, remember me, Remember when me, he wasn't playing? I remember when he was Yeah, he, oh. yeah, the whole season. He, he, he sat out a whole season just to stink it up the next year. Right. So, Stinks. and now he's like out of the league. Now he's like, now he's on the Ravens as like their third running back. So, and only in an injury situation. Like, if he wasn't, if they didn't have any injuries, the man would be out of the league. Like, that's how, that's what that me, me, me thing is. Like, even if he was a, wasn't as good of a player, but he was a better fit personality wise, player, like, players would want to play with him and teams would want him because he's a team guy and he doesn't really care about his touches and his money and all that stuff. Right. Right. So, the Steelers known for getting a lot of talent, but that talent also believes in itself to the like to a almost to a fault where they're not worried they're not worried about the team's success, just their own success, and that's where it's become a detriment, Max. So that's my old rant about the Steelers, and they got to figure out a direction quick because uh, if they stay the way they are, they're gonna be you know down at the bottom very soon. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you see it, it right. I, and that's why being the GM of a team is so hard. It is. You have to maintain past, present and future. <laughs> it's all lot. at the same time. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So you could tell when it does work, when that like past, present and future does work. Right. And when it doesn't. And right now with the Steelers, it's not working. And like, yeah, they're going to put up you know 35 points one day and they're gonna they're gonna have the talent to come back in these games like like on thursday night but what does it really matter when the result is the same or 
you get moments like these, like with Claypool, that become greater than the game, right? If there was, if they had lost by three and they had come back by 26, we probably would have been talking about how the Vikings almost choked that game. But we t- we're talking more about Claypool and his incompetence and the Vikings get scot-free. Like they won the game and like, you know what I mean? They avoided a massive comeback and like a record comeback or whatever. So like, you know what I mean? Like the, the Steelers are doing this to themselves. They're becoming their players and their, their actions on the field and off the field. are. What have I become? (laughs) (laughs) They're becoming more, they're becoming stories over their actual play on the field. So, it, it it could get ugly if it continues this way. So, you don't want to be yeah. You don't want to be a meme. You don't want to get memed. Oh no way, no way. You you want to something <laughs> like with with Juju Smith Schuster. He wanted to be like the TikTok guy and that he in the meme like the positive meme in that sense. But then you know now then when he got uh I think the play that <laughs> solidified the meme on him of him was when uh he got rocked in that Bengals game last year and he he did the whole like TikTok on their uh their logo center field and mm. then uh and then he and then he uh, gets a catch and then he gets absolutely rocked uh by the safety and fumbles and they lose they end up losing that game I think so, <laughs> so that that's a meme that gets overplayed but it, it just shows like you try to make you try to be make the meme right but then you end up being the meme so <sighs> to meme or to be meme <laughs> that is the question does it not <laughs> all right so Shrey, before we go the last little segment is we just want to celebrate the new yeah. england patriots in their their wonderful performance and continued winning yeah. in the nfl i mean it was a big marquee matchup. Everybody saw they're like, oh, the Buffalo Bills versus the New England Patriots. I mean, this huge. is huge. It's for it's for right of first place and not by any technicality, right? It was right. would the Patriots win this game and become the number one seed in the AFC? Or are they gonna be this like fake number one seed for a couple of days and then lose? And then they if they had lost, they at the time would have gone to number five. They would have been uh one of the one of the wild card teams. They would have been the first wild card team. So this is a real like stand up game for them. So yeah, Max, what what do we got to say about it? Well, what do we got to say is that they stood up. Are mm-hmm. really really impressed. But I just well okay, only twenty four points were scored in the game. So you gotta you know watch the defense. But the Patriots did something that I've never seen before, and I didn't realize that it was this low. But Shreyas informed me that they only passed three times. Yep. Literally Mac Jones with three, three, one, two, three. When, when, when a lot of quarterbacks will have like 30 in a game, three pass attempts. And the, the rest of the game was running and defense. And that, that is incredible. And it, especially because it's over a team that's been good. And I know that the bills have been trending down as of recent weeks. Like Josh Allen has got to figure something out i don't know if he's going through some personal stuff but he does not look up to form Mm. um that being said though he's still josh allen they're still the bills they're in a good place but wow what a way to win and it it just in in solidify your place in the standings at such an important time belichick might be the goat 
this is a unbelievable season for him. Unbelievable turnaround. You you look after six games. You look after six games. They're two and four. You know, people are thinking like, oh man, like Belichick without Brady. Here it comes. Like this is going to be what's written yeah. about him. And he yep. turned. He has turned this team around. Yeah. Uh, managing him and Josh, I got to give him credit. I got to give the defense a lot of credit. The past seven games have been unbelievable from this defense. Really, we 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 talked about this Max early in the season that you know a lot of these free agent signings like the Henrys and the John U. Smiths and the the defensive signings like like they, they weren't that great. Like you know what I mean? Like they had some moments, but they were they were doing like consistently well. But then when you see these past seven games and how they've been winning, it's been all of these free agent signings. It's been all the new guys. It's been Mac Jones off the draft. It's been Judon. It's been Kendrick Bourne. It's been Henry. Like they've won with a multitude of different new players. And it was all about kind of getting their footing in this system. And they're playing this, like they're playing this, you know, it's been overused over the past 20 years, this Patriot way. And what does that mean in like <laughs> a... <laughs> What does that mean to me right now at this time without Tom Brady? And it's that they don't make a lot of mistakes and they keep it to the team, right? We talk about, we just, I just ran it about the Steelers and how they, they've become a me, 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 me type of team. Well, the Patriots are the opposite. They don't say a lot and they do everything is needed to limit their mistakes and keep it about the team. And regardless of the, the outcome, that at least solidifies your place within the game and you're not you're keeping yourself in it at all times at least and then like yeah. you know what i mean like you're never going to be out of it if you take your if you don't like step on your own toes mhm so that that's one really great thing about the patriots and how they how they played the past 7 weeks being 7 and 0 in the last 7 weeks well oh, the man. other thing too is that you know, you see the Patriots schedule and a lot of things. So when they start, when they flipped it from that two and four, right. Right. They beat the jets like pretty like heavy handedly. Right. But people Mm -hmm. say people qualify that they're like, it's the jets. Right. Mm -hmm. They beat, I think it was what Philly pretty solid. People like it's Philly. Then when they beat the Titans, People are like, oh, wait a minute. I get it. It's the Titans without Derrick Henry. But people are like, oh, okay, wait a minute. And then to go on with this, again, such an like an important head-to-head and beat the Bills. Huge. I mean, that, yeah, it's Huge. Belichick without Brady. He's solidifying his place. And the team, they're, they're, it's a solid team, man. You, you got to give credit to the freaking defense. Yeah. Because it's unreal. And you got to give credit to that two tight end system. That is Belichick's bread and butter. He mm-hmm. loves that, and man, does he use it so well. And you look at how good this defense is when it has a playmaker. Matthew Judon is is becoming like a budding star in this system. As long as he, he stays awesome. healthy. Yeah. yeah, His ability to rush the quarterback, and he doesn't even have to sack him, right? Like he's become a force on these offensive linemen that – quarterbacks like they have to they have to game plan for him they have to find a way how am i going to stop matthew judon today that's how like i i don't remember (laughs) i don't remember the last time as a patriots fan on defense 
where I had where there was a rusher and you were like you had to think like man you have to you have to scheme for this guy right it's got to be the mid aughts like I like the Richard Seymour's and the the Vince Wilforks and like like they didn't really have they didn't since then they haven't really had a guy I felt maybe I'm just you know you know mistaking some of the recent history but like Matthew Judon is that first guy where I'm like dang this is a guy you got to watch out for this is like your Joey Bosa uh you know Nick Bosa TJ Watt type of guy right now he's playing that way right now he's on their level at this moment current moment so we'll see if it continues he's got a big contract but this first year I've had nothing but praise for Matt Judon you know, Devon Godchow has has come on in recent weeks. I really like the way he's playing, and you know, well, he's kind of really... he's kind of like a um. He reminds me a little bit of like a Demarcus Ware, right? With Judah, right? Like, yeah, with Judah, with Judah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's just this like guy who, like you said, you're off like the oh, edge. He's so we quick have off to the stop. edge. <laughs> <Like>, please, <laughs> just please, <stay> there. <laughs> please. <laughs> Please don't come here, please. And then you get bodied by <laughs> absolute... around. <laughs> dude. You get bodied by a freaking freight train. I he's so quick off the edge. His 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 ability to kind of you know circle around the DB, get uh, get to the quarterback. He's able to rush inside. He's able to rush outside. Six three two sixty one. But he can and move. He can move. Like he he feels he he feels lean but he's so strong and you can tell that two, he's using all that 261. So, but he looks lean. So it's like, it's like, wow. Like he, he really knows how to, you know, play those angles and stuff and just a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. It's great to watch. I, I haven't felt like this about the defense. Like, you know, even when they were the boogeymen, right. And they were playing really good oh, defensive yeah. games. Right. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Like, like you, you had a feeling <laughs> that like they were all in, in about themselves you know, like, oh yeah, we're the boogeyman. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna f. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but at the end of the day, what happened? Like, they they ended the season really horribly. They didn't play well at the end of the season, and then they they lost to the Titans that year. So Aww. in the playoffs, right? So like, and then that ended up being Brady's last year. So you know, but it was such like a off. good. I mean, they, they had stars though. They had some good play. They had really good players. They had a really good start to the McCordy, season. McCordy, Van Noy, Gilmore. Mm. Yeah, really good start to the season. But I'm I'm liking how this has been kind of in the making. Like it hasn't been like oh they've peaked. You know what I mean? Like they started off, they didn't start off great. And now they're continuing to progress and it feels like every week they can improve about it because of where they started. It felt that season kind of in hindsight, they peaked super early and then they played really bad at the end and then that's when you need it. But this is like, you know, we're getting to the end of the season. They're still playing well. Fingers crossed we still have, you know, four weeks left, three or four weeks left. Fingers crossed that yeah. they continue to stay that way, but we'll, yeah. uh, I'm really, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. And then, especially in this Bills game, Max, man, it tells you a lot about the Bills, too. This is at home. They know the weather report, right? Uh. They know it's going to be 50, 50 miles per hour winds and everything. Everyone's got to play in the same conditions. It's not like, oh, but it's 50 miles per hour winds, so it doesn't count. It's no, no, no. Okay, the Patriots came in. And they, they brought their snow machines and they talked to God and they changed the weather, but it was just for them because, or just for the Bills. Because yeah, they only turned it on when the Bills were on and then they turned it off when they went on the field. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone called FEMA. This is a, this is a conspiracy. But 
but r- ridiculous, right? Like you had Josh Allen. He threw it 30 times. Mac Jones threw it three times. Josh Allen had a uh, an average uh, average uh, what is it yardage per pass? So like he he passed for four point eight yards per uh, attempt, right? And then the the New England the New England rushing attack they averaged four yards uh, four point eight yards per attempt. So do you see the difference? Like the four point eight that New England like, for rushing is really good. Mm-hmm. versus for passing is not great. So it felt like you could have run the ball a little bit more, but they took the, we got to, you know, Josh Allen's got to, you know, stick it to them. And he's, he's the guy that's got to win us the game mentality. He threw it 30 times in the wind. He only made half his passes. And then he only got a touchdown out of it because like half the time the ball is like, like, and he had some really good passes in the game. I'm not going to, I'm not going to front like the one to Diggs was like incredible. I don't know how you threw that in the wind, but it was right. a drop at the end of the day. The, the fourth down, uh, like was like, it was like a bullet, but it, but at the end of the day in the wind, like it's not going to, it's not going to go well all the time. Right. Like it's so unpredictable. So right. Mac Jones, I did feel like, okay, three attempts, like, yeah, like, yeah, they might win this game just on bills ineptitude. But <laughs> and it did like there were times in that game where it felt like, man, the like there was a three and out. And then now the bills, the bills are have pretty a chance. bad. Yeah. yeah. The bills have a chance to come in and score. Right. You got they got the field goal to make it 10. And you were like, oh, OK, I feel like maybe we should pass a little bit more. But the, then, you know, classic bills, they got to they got to keep chucking the ball all over the place and then, you know, getting a bunch of incompletion, stopping the clock. And then, meanwhile, the rushing attack, right? Like it, it's not. It's like double sided, or it's double useful in that they're gaining yards, right? They got four point eight yards to carry, and they're they're really like Stevenson, unbelievable. Damian Harris, I know he got hurt later on in the game with the hamstring, but he was unbelievable, and that that run was was awesome. Yeah, but it it not only it is it good for gaining those yards in this game. It was the ability to keep the clock running especially at the end of the game too. So that was something the, the, the bills didn't like take into account that like, if you're not going to complete a lot of passes, you're going to also going to stop the clock, especially in critical points in the game. And so, man, it says a lot about the bills to, to not understand where they're, and that's the coaching. Right. And then, and then freaking McDermott was like, Oh well, we gotta, you know, we got, we can't hand it to Bill Belichick too much. Like it wasn't all about him. Like, like, just take your loss, shove it up your mouth, and yeah, it was about, yeah, it, it was about you being bad. I yeah, think. like, like he he got so salty. It was, it was uh, as a Patriots fan, it was fun to watch him kind of crumble and that team crumble. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were like, this is the most, like, I think someone asked, like, this is the most. Um, was this the most embarrassing loss? They asked like two of the players. And then those two like stormed off and was like, we try to come here and, you know, answer these questions. And, you know, I try to be respectful, but like, you gotta, you, you, you can't do this. Man. You can't do that. Man. And they walked off and they got, they were like, I was like, wow, this team is, this team needs a reality check really quickly. Otherwise they're going to continue this kind of. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Black. Well, you got to give you got to give I know. Well, <laughs> you got to give the Pats some credit cuz they Absolutely. did a really good job and uh yeah, I'm looking forward to watching them just continue, man. It's Saturday it's, night. It's good stuff. Against the Colts, Saturday big night. game. That's another big game too. The Colts have a really good run defense. We're going to see what this defense, this rush defense is made up of. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, that just about does it for us today. 
You have been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace.